Hey y'all, welcome back to the God Center Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where we remind you through mentorship, friendship, and discipleship that you don't mom alone. In this episode number 215, I'm welcming Christian music artists and new parents, Jody and Chris from Love and the Outcome. But I think I pictured the father and the spirit's voice as a lot more aggressive than than it is. Kind of shaking you know, their finger at me saying, go harder, work harder, be more. And that's just really, the Holy Spirit really broke that for me and said, you know, I whisper. I whisper so you have to lean in close so you know me intimately. That's that's what whispers are about. You don't whisper to a stranger. Once I really got that new picture of Holy Spirit, it just changed, it changed everything. And I, I'm getting better at giving myself grace that He already gives me. Yeah, always learning. If you, like Jody, are feel like you're always learning, maybe you're the type of mom who's hard on herself. Maybe you're struggling to lower that expectation. I think you're going to find some camaraderie and some kinship with Jody and Chris's testimony. Sure, they're Christian music recording artists and they tour for a living, but there's this common bond that you'll find in parenting young kiddos and trying this thing out for the first time. And I appreciate their vulnerability in sharing it with you. And if you're one of the few people who's not familiar with Love and the Outcome, Google them. They have great songs. King of my heart. He is with us. The God I know. And if I can introduce you to them, that's an honor for me. Okay. Given the topic of music with this week's guest, I think it's only fitting that I share this month's sponsor, Song Finch, with you. If you are looking for a really cool gift for this holiday season, okay, you have to check them out. They will create a one-of-a-kind radio-quality song personalized for you. They have a songwriting community of over 350 musicians, and you get to tell them what memories you want included, what emotions you want emoted, the vocalist, the genre, and they will craft a song for you within a week. Prices of songs start at $99. Because you're a God Centered Mom listener, though, they're going to give you a coupon code. All caps, God Centered Mom, you will get $20 off. So go check them out over at songfinch.com. I wanted to share a little bit of a song they created for my boys this last Christmas. Each verse of the song had a specific interests and qualities for my boys. And then this is a little bit of a chorus near the end of the song. With a family full of energy, a family full of heart. Where the jokes fly fast, so you better stay sharp. Yeah, they bump into each other, but it's love to me. So just sit right back and watch the studio So fun. They thought it was the coolest thing to hear their name in a song and have it sung to them. If you want to check them out, again, go to songfinch.com. Use that coupon code GodCenteredMom for $20 off. All right, let's get to my conversation with Chris and Jody. Here we go. Hey, Chris and Jody, welcome to the show. Hey, Heather. <laughs> hey, it's great to be with you today. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, y'all are too, too cute, first of all. Oh, man. <laughs> Babe, we're so Canadian right now. We're so Canadian. So Canadian. Let's talk about that. You are Canadian, but you don't live in Canada. Yeah, we like to do things the hard way. Um, <laughs> but for real, I feel like well, but, our... But hold on. Okay. Now that we're in Nashville, we're, we've chosen to do things the easy way. It That's was true. the hard way when we were still in Canada. <laughs> yeah, we both grew up uh, about five minutes away from each other in Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is like... 
Minneapolis, keep driving north, don't turn your steering wheel, past Fargo, past Grand Forks, Winnipeg. And uh, we loved it there, but it was really tough to tour and make a living being from the middle of nowhere. And especially um, when we signed a record deal and all the tours were routing out of Nashville, it was just so much easier to be kind of in the middle of the action. I'm thinking it's cold. I'm not going to talk about the weather, but I'm just, I know Minnesota's cold. So I think you just made the wiser decision when it comes to weather and then a whole (laughs) life balance thing. (laughs) To give give you a little snapshot of what people's mindset is in Winnipeg, it's also the Slurpee capital of the world, which means that even when it's minus 30, people are buying Slurpees. What? Yeah. (laughs) It's a crazy town. Okay. Y'all met at what age? How old were y'all? Uh, we met leading worship um, across Canada. It was almost like just a worship you, collective. You were just out of high school, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I was just out of high school. Chris is a couple years older than me, and he was playing bass guitar in this British rock band. And I was leading worship at my church, going to university, and then part time singing at these worship events. And so we met on the road. How cliche! How cliche! <laughs> but that works when you both now are touring that it was in your system it's not like you had to convince one or the other to say this is what i love to do yeah and you know what the funny thing is this life is so all of our lives are so unique and our paths are so unique but the road life really is a double life you know mm-hmm. if you have a home <laughs> a home life and a road life it's a tricky thing to explain to someone if they've not been in it. And so you're completely right. I think the Lord's sense of humor is amazing. The fact that we had sort of a baseline of understanding um, for each other and became friends through the road. Um, It really set us up (laughs) to be able to do this um, in a healthy way, as healthy as possible. You know, it's easy to get unhealthy in in any life. Yeah, he set us up for the win. He's amazing like that. I know, right? <laughs> and then it was Jody, your idea. Like, I, I think I've heard you say you invited him to be a part of your band. You invited Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I love it. I mean, so here's the thing. I, I think I had dated a lot of guys who, instead of sort of enabling and encouraging growth in me, they kind of would have rather stifled it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if that's across all platforms, but I think when your girlfriend is on a stage, maybe that's a tough thing for a male ego, for any ego. I'm not really sure, but it wasn't really working. And Chris was really the Hasn't first. Hasn't worked for Taylor Swift yet. Yeah, you know what? That's a good point. <laughs> See, babe. truth right there, Chris. Truth. And uh, yeah, Chris was the first one that was just my biggest supporter. And I couldn't do it without him, honestly. Um, and I don't think the Lord wanted us to do it apart. So truth be told, his drummer quit his band. I really did buy a drum and we went on the road together, newlyweds, which was totally bonkers and crazy. Um, and thought, Hey, let's try this out and see if it works. And we really never wanted to go back home. I love how you're talking about being this strong woman and him coming alongside you. And I, I feel like I sense that in your relationship. Does that continue into parenting? Do you see Hmm. those roles playing out that way? Yeah. Jody is the superhero of this family. (laughs) Make make no mistake. Oh, whatever. Well, you know what? I think that strong can look so many different ways. Yeah. You know, and I am a little bit obvious about it. I just, I really like to go after it in life and parenting as a mom. We've just been doing the Enneagram, like Chris and I read it a while ago. Okay. What are you? I need to know. Well, we know that Chris is for sure a nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A nine with a one. And we think I'm a three. 
Well, I think I'm a one. I don't think I'm an eight. I don't, I don't feel the need to conquer anything. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, like case in point, um, he is so strong and steady, but in a less obvious way, maybe. And, um, I think that it just works. He's a bass player. So that kind of paints the right picture. And, mm. when we, you know, when we became a band, I was at the front of the stage and he wanted to be at the back and I was like, Hey babe, so, you know, we're in this together. Why don't you come rock with me at the front? It's, it's taken it's some years. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. So I read, I read something about the nine that they described it as, Oh, there's so much to do. I think I'll take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have, I have friends that the, the wife is the nine and the husband is the three and it's mm-hmm. a, it's a really good working relationship, but yeah, there, there is that aspect that the nine can feel even more unproductive in the presence of a three. I feel like that's the way the world wants. Yes. Our society wants to operate yes. in that way. Hmm. And so they see us and it's like, how does it work? How do you, how do you spend all your time together? It's like, this is the way it's supposed to work. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is the balance. Nines bring yeah. balance to a very three oriented America. Welcome to America. Yeah, we are, Thanks. we are a country of threes, but I think uh, it's a beautiful thing how we're drawn to those people. And I love what you said about him being the base right? Yeah, the strong absolutely. notes that hold the song together. It's really absolutely. beautiful. hundred percent. Yeah. And I really, I really can't imagine, you know, we, we got married and it was so obvious the things we each gravitated toward, even in just a practical level, like he's so good at laundry. So I've never touched laundry and, <laughs> you know, I love to bake and, you okay, know, it that, was just, that's not the nine. That's the one. I don't want my clothes to shrink. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. You want to be in charge of the laundry, so it's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, we balance each other out, long story short. Yeah. That's great. Uh, So y'all are starting off. You're doing this band. How did you, how did that lead you into a record deal? Hmm. Honestly, um, (laughs) an open heart and an open mind and trying to be intentional with open hands is what's led us everywhere. I think that we knew what we wanted Um, I think if you asked me when I was three, I would have said, yeah, I'm singing in my hairbrush and one day I hope it's a mic. And I knew that I wanted to be singing like in an arena. Um, I knew that from when I was small, but I don't think Chris and I knew how to connect the dots from living in the middle of Canada, knowing there was sort of a, a ceiling we had hit to getting to America. But we just kept saying, you know, God will follow you. We'll literally say yes. And we will follow you, whatever it takes, whatever it looks like. And I'm so glad I didn't really know what I was praying. Um, I just saw the next step. And we got in our Jetta. And after that first weekend playing together, we literally decided to sell the condo. Um, Chris's idea. He's like, babe, ditch the backup plan. Rock stars don't have backup plans. I'm like, but I love I love my couch. Well, I, I think I might give credit to your dad for that one. He was like, it's a really good time to sell. It's a really good time to sell. <laughs> <laughs> So we sold it. We sold everything um, mm. except my KitchenAid mixer and his bass guitar, literally, and kept our prized possessions. And that began two years of living in Arjeta and touring Canada and making enough from show to show, selling CDs out of the trunk of our car to just keep on the road. And I think when you live in a Jetta when you're rubbing shoulders with each other and having to learn how to live in such a small little tiny space and and wrestling with what it means to follow the Lord together so newlywed, it just created such a firm foundation in um, 
doubting together, asking questions together, um, not being after the money, but being after kingdom building. And then when we actually signed a record deal, it took these eight years of being broke and feeling like we'd heard the Lord wrong um, into like 10 short months of signing a deal and moving to America and stepping into a whole new sphere, a whole new season. So long story short, we've just always kind of said yes to the next step and hope that the Lord would direct us when we went wrong. <laughs> so how many years ago, again, was it that you moved? It's been, it's been six years, actually. Okay. Yeah, six and we signed, we signed the record deal that same year that we, that we moved. It was kind of a, we were in a bit of a transition year. We had planned to move to L.A. That fell through, and then we moved to Toronto for like half a year, and then the opportunity kind of came to have some meetings here in Nashville. And then it was like, well, why don't we just go rent a place in Nashville for a couple of months and see what happens? Yeah. I think we've always kind of thrived on living on the edge with Christ at the center. And I think we sort of have become addicted to the adventure um, of following Jesus. And, and the mystery of it all is sort of what keeps us going. So we've always kind of gone, man, if we sense the spirit leading us here, let's just go. Let's not wait. Let's not wait around for the record deal. Let's just go. And so we did and ended up renting a little tiny bachelor suite at the end of music row, which we did not know was the end of the the road. Our label ended up being on and, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And it all sounds so magical, right? But I know (laughs) like Chris kind of said it quickly, that you were going to go to LA and that didn't happen. And, um, it was a, it was a family reason. And, and now you have a family and I know family impacts the ability to be as adventurous sometimes, but tell a little bit of that story of why you didn't go to LA, because I know there are listeners who can relate to that kind of grief. I know I can relate to that level of grief. Yeah. Uh, it was on our anniversary, uh, our seventh anniversary, that Chris's mom uh, went home and, you know, we had just sold everything. We had just put all of that money. The reason we sold it all is because we wanted to make an album. It was still my solo career at the time. We didn't have the cash. So Chris, that's kind of what I mean about being the strong one. He's like, I believe in you and what God's calling you to. Let's just sell the condo to put the money into your career. And so we had just done that and booked a year's worth of shows. And then Chris's mom got really sick and, uh, we, yeah, we canceled years worth of shows and moved back to Winnipeg and lived in his parents' basement. And, uh, we thought, we thought we were aiming at a different area of the music business. Like we were, we were in LA a lot for about three years and actually were close to signing something with a label there. And then our kind of, our, our guy there got fired and that relationship <laughs> kind of tanked. And then Everything that was going well in LA just started to not go well, and then and then we ended up moving back to Winnipeg for half a year to kind of be with my dad and my family, and then the roads just started to lead us down to Nashville instead, and we definitely didn't have a plan. I mean, when when my mom passed, we we put everything on hold, and there was nothing there was nothing on the calendar, there was nothing kind of on our radar. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think our manager, who's, who's still our manager today, um, was kind of like, you know, take as much time as you need. Um, but I think probably there was some thoughts of like, they might be done. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, and you, and we were, and you were, and grief kind of hit you like a freight train and you, we stopped communicating. Like you didn't really have the energy to even talk through anything or process anything for a really long time. And when you communicate for a living, you know, you just kind of have to, to wait and sit in that grief. Um, and so, yeah, it was really the beginning of becoming love and the outcome because up until that point, we had still been two separate bands. And when we quit everything and put it all down about a year later, it was like, Lord, if this is really something you have for us, you're going to have to make it so clear. Cause we've tried everything in our energy and in our strength to make this happen. <laughs> and it's not happened. And, uh, we can't do it anymore. Like we're just out of, we're out of strength. We're out of resources. We're out of money. <laughs> we're out of everything. So make it, make it obvious, you know, if this is something that you have for us to do. Yeah. So then he sent us to the other side of the world <laughs> and decided that, uh, going to the Philippines was, was the right way to kind of, and you know, sometimes it is, sometimes the distance is, is a good kind of cathartic mm-hmm. thing to just kick you out of that, that whatever. It's not a slump. It's just, just kind of a wilderness. Kick, yeah. Kick, kick the grief to the side for a second and be like, yeah, there's other people in the world. Yeah. And, right. And I think, you know, this is, it's eight years now since my mom passed. And definitely one thing that we've learned is that we are not the only ones that go through this kind of thing. I think what's beautiful about your testimony there is there are so many people that are making plans right now and seeing a brick wall and what they thought was going to happen or seeing everything blow up in their face. And it, they don't see the future resolution that you also know about now looking back, but they're just in that spot of feeling like there's nothing. And if their plan isn't working out, then is God going to provide a better one? And so to have your testimony that it required a place of patient surrender, a wilderness, uh, going around to another side of the world, seeing other people. I mean, he is so faithful to reveal his plan and his timing. It's just really hard in the moment. And so thank you both for sharing, um, some of that mm. part of your story. Yeah, no. And it's, uh, it's probably the most intense suffering, um, that we've gone through together it, and intense suffering and intense love, you know, having our two boys are the things that have changed us the most, I would say. Um, yeah. so y'all mentioned your boys. So that suffering was defining for you. And now you have two little boys and I know so many of my listeners are in the same season. You find yourselves with littles (laughs) and just really wanting to do this well. And yet it's a lot and you're exhausted and they get sick and uh, you just, it's so much to manage this enormous role. You understand it's enormous and yet you want to do it well. And here you are also traveling that's your work. Um, how is that for you? Where have you found that to be challenging? And we'll mm. talk about the good parts too, but. <laughs> well, I think to start at, the, at this point, it's really nice that both of them are healthy, but yeah. Milo just started, Milo just started daycare again oh, for the right. fall. So yeah. that's probably not going to last too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have one sleeping. The one that just turned one Ziggy is sleeping at the moment. And Milo is at his first day of daycare. He's two and a half. And, um, yeah, everyone tells you it's a game changer, you know, 
Um, but it really, really, really is like until you're, it's not even the same game. It's not, it's not the same game. Um, it's so much better and so much more tiring all at the same time. And like, I'm sure you can relate and your listeners can relate. And, and you always, it's easy to look at someone else's life and say, how did, you know, how did you go through that? Or how do you do this life on the road? But isn't it funny? Like when God calls you to something, he equips you for it. And that, that is just really, really true in our everyday life. There's this, um, tiredness and this joy all at the same time. And I think it's really different to be, um, burned out or working from overflow because tired is just a state of your body. It's just physical, you know, but your soul can be so alive in the middle of it all. And I think that's the season that we're in. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing because they just humble you on the regular and road life keeps you living in the present moment. And so do kids. So it's, uh, it's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> do you all have someone that travels with you to help or are you just trading? You off know, or? We, we did in the beginning, we did last year after Ziggy was born, we went on the road with, uh, Mandisa and Danny Goki and it was, uh, it was a two month tour. It was eight, eight weeks in a row. And, um, we, we just couldn't do it without someone. Yeah. He was, was six weeks old he and he was too mm, fresh. And I was Milo, nursing and yeah. Milo needed a lot of attention too. So we, we sort of kind of traded off with our nanny kind of being parents for the first half of the day. And then I would have to switch into let's go get ready for the show. And you know, it's, it, it was that kind of life for that season. And, but actually this year we made the decision to travel a bit lighter and Jody, uh, kind of advances childcare at every venue that we go to, which at first we thought was going to be impossible, like just so much work, but there's so many, there's so many mamas and grandmamas and, and, and everything in between at the churches that we play that just love, love nothing more than to play with our kids. Yeah. And I think what I realized was after, you know, Ziggy's still nursing, but not, you know, constantly. So, and they're both sleeping through the night and things just kind of hit a nice stride around six months. And they're so close in age. They're 18 months apart. They're both in size five diapers (laughs) and, uh, they, you know, they entertain each other. And, um, I really, I selfishly, I wanted to be mom right up until I couldn't be like right Mm. up until I had to, to be on stage and, and we're in such a social job, which I love, but to give myself socially at work, quote unquote, meant I, I couldn't do it during the day when we were just living road life as a family, having another person in our space in this season of life, it was just actually too draining which sounds funny. Um, no, no, that I, makes sense. Like one yeah. more, like even having the the help there, it was one more person who needed something from you. It, it yeah. was. Yeah. Yep. It really was. And so, uh, someone had given us the idea, why don't you just put it in the contract that from three o'clock on when sound check starts or whenever that is, someone's on site. Cause by then the boys have napped and they're pretty much just playing until the end of the show. So that's what we do. Someone hangs out with the boys and they're usually side stage while we're playing. And then we get off stage and put them to bed. So smart, very creative, very creative and yet fulfilling both of your loves and interests and what God's called you and assigned you to right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It it actually makes it, I mean, not, there are times when it's impossible to bring them, but not very many. And it actually makes it harder when we have to leave them behind because they've just become 
part of the daily routine. Yeah. I mean, even more, I, you know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, no, no. It's, okay. it's kind of fun for them too. I'm sure it's they're, like. They're part of the band now. Yeah. yeah. They love it. And it's a really unique job. It has its trying times like every job does, but the perk is you can take your kids along and you can make it look the way you want to make it look. And so we finally realized that we could do that. <laughs> you, you feel like in life, a lot of the time you got to play by a certain rule book and then you realize, no, you got to listen to Holy Spirit and you got to listen to your gut, which is Holy Spirit. And that's your guiding force. And it was so freeing once we were sleeping again, because the no sleep thing is, is so real. You really can't make a decision to save your life in that season. Um, but once we were sleeping again, it was this really liberating feeling to go, you know what? Holy Spirit's green lighting this whole thing. doesn't mean it's always easy, but it's right for right now. Hmm. That just encouraged someone so much, whatever their decision is that they're trying to make, because I don't know if you feel this. When I was a new mom, it seemed like I looked around a lot to get approval of my choices. Mm. And with age and the older my kids get, the less I'm looking around. Um, Hmm. But it's that following the Holy Spirit instead. And I think to have that in these decisions with young kids is such a gift so that you can have that confidence and not rely on your peers' approval for Mm. that choice. Totally. Isn't it? It's a tough thing to live asking for advice when you need it from people you trust and then really filtering that with Holy Spirit's voice and, and guidance. Um, you know, and yeah, oh my goodness. I, I look for approval all the time and, uh, I'm so hard on myself. Truthfully, that's probably my, my biggest problem is is shaming myself. Um, and I think I grew up with a dad who was my basketball coach. And so he pushed me pretty hard and he loved me pretty hard. And, um, he thought he was just showing me love by doing that. But I think I pictured the father and the spirit's voice as a lot more aggressive Mm -hmm. than, than it is kind of shaking, you know, their finger at me saying, go harder, work harder, be more. And, That's just really, the Holy Spirit really broke that for me and said, you know, I whisper, I whisper. So you have to lean in close. So you know me intimately. That's, that's what whispers are about. You don't whisper to a stranger. Once I really got that new picture of Holy Spirit, it just changed, it changed everything. And I am getting better at giving myself grace that he already gives me. So yeah, always learning. In just a moment. Jody's going to share about the struggle of wanting to have community over, but it not always looking like her mom did things. So not being able to make the home cooked muffins and multiple different kinds of muffins. And I think that we all have these high expectations and I want to address our expectations of family dinners. Maybe you would love to serve your grandma's uh, two hour lasagna. And maybe it takes forever to make the recipes that you really want. And you feel like it's not really family dinner. And as I use these family recipes, well, let me free you a little bit because really family dinner is about being together and Maybe you have high expectations of wanting to eat super healthy food. Well, let me help you there because Prep Dish, one of this month's sponsors, will send you on Fridays a meal plan. They have gluten-free and paleo options. I often pick the paleo option for our family, but it has a grocery list right there. You don't have to think about it. And you can even connect it with one of the grocery delivery services so you don't even have to leave your house. And then they have a prep day. So if you have an afternoon over the weekend, you can prep the food or maybe an early morning your kids could even really help you 
and get everything ready so then the night of, you just are heating food up and cooking things. You're not having to think about what are we gonna eat, you're not having to scramble, it's all there ready to go. So if you wanna check them out, PrepDish is giving you two weeks for free, y'all. So go to PrepDish.com forward slash GCM. Use that code GCM and you'll get your two weeks for free. How awesome is that? Go check them out. We have been loving all their food. This last week I made a paprika chicken and I had some roasted parsnips and carrots. It was so yummy. And then the salads, always really good options for our family. So go to PrepDish.com forward slash GCM and use the coupon code GCM. All right, let's get back to my conversation with Jody and Chris. Totally get the being too hard on yourself. Mm. And so I'm curious, Chris, when she's in those states, I'm guessing they happen about 8 p.m. when she's like <laughs> going through her whole day and where she failed. What do you say to her to encourage her? Oh, man, that's good. <laughs> that, that's a really good question. Uh, the boys go to bed now at around... Seven between seven and seven thirty, we basically just kind of look at each other and like, that was, that was good, good job, <laughs> you did it. Day. You can say you pour me a glass of red wine. It's okay. You can, it's okay. You to can say that. say that. Oh, okay. Well, okay. And then you encourage her. How? How? Like, what helps her feel less like a failure? What have you found to be most helpful? Because that mom is listening, and maybe her husband needs your help. Or even Jody, what has Chris said that like helps you feel? Oh man, I feel like okay. So just before we started chatting with you, it's like the first day of school. We just got back from Canada. This I haven't opened my email um, besides emailing <laughs> with you for two weeks, and it hit me real hard. Um, and it hit me that you know the season has changed to the fall technically, even though it doesn't feel like it in Tennessee. Um, but our season hasn't changed. Um, and that's tough. Chris and I are just in an interesting season in a business sense with our label right now that it's a little trying and I won't go into the details, but I'm sure you've been there where all around you, the season has changed. All the pictures on Instagram are back to school and you still feel stuck. Mm. You feel stuck in, in your summer season. And I was just being real hard on myself, like making a to-do list and okay, how are we going to maximize our time? All this stuff. And Chris just said, Hey, are we going to like talk about this? Cause I was just running around the house, like just doing random stuff. And he's like, Hey, mm-hmm. why don't we just sit down and talk about this? And he made a Chemex of my favorite coffee. And he just, he kind of gets me to sort of center myself for a second and, and talk about stuff. I don't like to talk about. I'm almost an optimist to a fault and I don't like to talk about painful stuff. And so I would say how Chris helps me is just actually making me stop and making me me sit down beside him and with complete love in his eyes, just letting me talk it out because I just, I really need to do that sometimes to get to the root of what's making me feel the way I feel. And does he give advice? <laughs> well, to be <laughs> fair, I had just gone to wash the car, so I got a bit of my oneness out by doing that. And then, so I, I maybe had a bit of a clearer head at that point in the morning, but it, it was just kind of that like, oh, we got to do this. Oh yeah, we're back into this routine again. So <laughs> And with kids, the routine is always changing. I mean, last year this time, I was about to pop Ziggy out when Milo started school, and there was only one kid's routine to talk about. And so, Heather, when we get to interview you, I've just got a boatload of questions because, you know, (laughs) here we are again, and we only have two, but it's changed so drastically. Now I have 
we have one kid in school, one kid at home, we're trying to do writing sessions or just do life at all to um, honor the career and the partners in career. But it's tough with a one-year-old who's so busy. So mm-hmm. we're right in the middle of just a new season of parenting, but in terms of career, we're, we're a bit stuck in the previous season. Um, and so you're getting us at a, a real good vulnerable moment <laughs> and just, um, working out a lot of stuff right now. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's good. I think a lot of parents get that too. Uh, parenting often falls right when most careers are launching, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah whether it's the husband or the wife or both. And so I, I remember with my husband, it was, he started his master's the week that my oldest son was born. And there was just a stretch there of time, um, wanting to be present, but still having a very intense career and studying. And there's mm. just a, a lot of pressure on that season yeah, to be productive. And yet I think... Chris, that was really wise to just say, well, let's not just go into doing more. Let's stop and let's talk and let's like be fully present to figure out what we're feeling and why. And, um, I think coming back from vacation, there's always this like smack in the face of the reality of life and Mm -hmm. just all the lists. And, um, when you do have kids go into school, then it's the, um, pressure of, oh, there's other people there and yeah. there's an expectation. Like yes. when it's just our little family, we can do things one way. And if it's not perfect, it's fine. Cause it's fine for us. Yeah. But now my child is with your child and they're going to, yeah, they're going to be judgments or perceived judgments. Yeah. And so that pressure adds layers on and, and then with y'all being in a more public space, I'm sure there are, there's that feeling or that perception that everyone's watching. How are they doing this? Are they doing it well? Are they, um, is there enough time on their families or too much on their career? And so you're trying to weigh all of those, um, opinions that may be real or not real, uh, with what you're feeling God telling you to do. That's exactly right. And that's why when you said you, you've stopped looking around as much as you did in your early first days of parenting. And that's been really key for us learning how to hear the Holy Spirit on our feet. You know, there's different times of life when I um, wasn't a mom yet, I could sit with my devotions and my coffee for an hour. It was a glorious mm-hmm. time. But it's not my time to do that right now. I've had to learn to take those moments when I can, but also learn how to just know Holy Spirit enough that in the moments where we're in public and I'm parenting in public and I could, it's so easy to turn and see what everyone's, one else's reaction to what I just did was, or I can just try and do my best to really know Holy Spirit on the ground, on my feet in the moment so that I can be confident in even my wrong decisions knowing that I did my best in that moment. Oh, y'all, you're going to be, you're doing so great. I think parents of young kids don't hear it enough. Mm. No, there's no, like you're ha- there's no a plus or <laughs> gold star you've achieved, you know, especially for the threes. There's mm. no like finished to do list. And yeah. 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 The gold star is, it, it, it's the birthdays. It's like, Oh, they survived another year. All right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, that's hard. Well, yeah. and it's it's hard I think um to remember that our ideals and these perfect pictures in our mind is different than how life plays out. And um I'm just wrestling through right now to these 
idealistic pictures that I sometimes have in my mind and how I need to let some of those go because it's just not not practical or life-giving to try and hold up those standards. And if I really want to tell my neighbors, drop in anytime, come for dinner anytime, I really have to mean that. You know, I have to let go of the fact that there's a crock pot of a perfectly roasted chicken and the house is perfectly clean and realize the fact that last minute messy dinner parties are the way our life is right now and be okay with that. Otherwise, we're not going to have no community because the reality is we get home on a Monday and we leave for the road on a Thursday and that's a good week. Like that's, that's a bigger home life week than we usually get. Um, and so if we hit the ground at home on a Monday and our friends are free Monday night and that's the only time we can see them. I want them to come over. That has to trump the perfect picture in my mind of what having people for dinner looks like. Um, and so we've really had to embrace what does this look like now in this season and make sure that we let that be more important than anything else. Cause living in your own little world all the time, which you can really do on the, on the road is really empty and it's not life-giving and it's not healthy. And we've, we've been there before, you know, when we first moved down here, we spent the first two years playing literally, 150 shows a year. And at the end of that, you realize how unbalanced you are. And we just had to make a really firm value-based decision, you know, community being a really high value for Chris and I to just take it as it comes, even if it's messy. That's a good reminder for all of us, uh, especially heading into this next school year where we're making choices about how we spend our time and how do you protect yourself from having that picture in your head? <laughs> um, it's funny. I, <laughs> I've gotten better now at allowing Chris and Holy Spirit to sort of convict us too strong, but just go, well, is that realistic? You know? Um, and so for perfect example, like tomorrow night, we're doing takeout with three neighbors on our street. Um, and instead of me making the meal, we're just going to host it here and friends are picking up Mexican and that's it. That's what we're doing. That's what hosting is going to look like on Tuesday. And that so goes against the grain of how I was raised. I mean, I was raised by the cook and the baker of all bakers. There was always two kinds of fresh muffins from baked from scratch and, you know, a meal in the crock pot and a freezer stocked. And so it's been really hard for me to go, you know, what's the difference between entertaining and actually having community? Like what's the difference between those two things? And I've talked a lot with my mom about it, um, how to really honor and uphold this amazing upbringing I had and to know it's a part of me. I love to cook and bake, but when to go oh man, this is just not realistic this week. And it's going to mean we don't see friends. So Chris has helped a ton with that. And he's like, I'm going to turn on the barbecue or I'm going to go pick up takeout. And it hurts me for a few seconds. I'm like, oh, I hate this. But then I'm like, no, this serves everybody better. Well, it's still 95 degrees here. So it's too, <laughs> it's too hot to make anything inside. And our barbecue is too small for eight people. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, and I, and I think that your example is the food and the community, but I think we all hold expectations based on past experiences as parents or from our parents. And we look at our own parenting or our own lives and we say, well, it should look this way because that's how it did look. Mm-hmm. Or this is the standard that I need to uphold in order to be successful. And if I'm not, then I'm failing. And for each uh, parent that's listening, I know they have that standard in their head. And so to free them from that, to say, maybe it's, it's just you freeing yourself in these next five or 10 years that it's not going to look like that. But maybe when you're the grandma 
you are the yeah. <laughs> the chef and the baker and sure. you have the bandwidth for that. But yeah. to let ourselves, it's not like you're giving something up forever to say that it's not for right now. That's so true. And it's funny. I, I love to be free spirited, especially road life kind of demands it of you to be open-handed and live this road life mentality, which is like plan as much as you can and then know that it's probably all going to change. But at home, um, it's become as the boys get older, so important for me to make good boundaries though, and put good structure around as much as we can, you know, um, around those home days. So that's been another really awesome tool for Chris and I to go, let's talk about this and, uh, and, you know, make sure there's a Monday reset day and groceries and a chance for me to make that meal that I've been dying to make and try that recipe I've been dying to try. And so be as prepared as we can be, um, to go with the flow, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. What has been most surprising about being a parent? Um, having a son that's not at all like me. Hmm. The, the, the peacemaker in me has been challenged. <laughs> and not and not because of anything the boys do, but just because I, I I don't know how to say this properly, but I know I understand that protective quality now that you're supposed to have hmm. as a parent. And it actually hit me. We were watching something before Milo was born, but he was he was on the way, and it was a, a kid had been kidnapped in a movie, and my brain just went. In, and overdrive, it's like, wow, hmm. I've never really thought about, you know, hurting someone, but I, <laughs> I might do it. Yeah. I might do it. If something happened to my child, I, the peacemaker is gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's, hmm. that was an interesting yeah. revelation for me. Yeah. I, I think our oldest, um, is, is he's kind of Chris's clone in every way. Milo uh, looks like him and, acts like him. It's the sweetest, sweetest thing, um, to see, but been new for me to take a step back before I say or do what I would naturally say or do to just really need to think about how Milo will receive that. And it's so different than the way I receive. And, um, he's only two and a half. So it's really becoming more obvious now, um, in the last couple of months as he's talking and, you know, he's just, he's a real, um, processor and he's very calculated and, um, I'm just kind of a jump in <laughs> head first time kind of person. So yeah, just learning, um, learning, learning him, honestly, learning him and, uh, trying to parent in a way that suits him. And then like, just when you get to figure it out, you got Ziggy to figure out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait exactly. a second. I have to parent differently. No. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah, so he's been, he's been less to figure out. Yeah. He's, he's, he's more like Milo kind of conned us a little bit because he never wanted his hands dirty and he hated being unclean. So we're like, wow, this is our house is clean. This is really yeah, great. You guys not, are amazing parents, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, not, not true at all. Cause now yes. Ziggy's here and he likes to taste everything with his fingers and, yeah. and, and, and spit it out first and put it back in and, you know, <laughs> wow, a lot of firstborn, secondborn things. It's there something. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I remember when I, my second was, I found him in the toilet while my oldest was peeing into it. I was like, <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'd have judged everyone before. Like, how would you let your child get in a toilet? <laughs> but then when you have multiple, you realize, oh, I can't watch every move of every child. They, they 
outnumber you eventually. And so, yeah. People don't understand, like, I literally turned my head for two seconds and he's in the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. These these stories of kids at the zoo with gorillas. I'm like, I see how that could happen. Oh, yeah. never raised a two-year-old boy? Exactly. It's not like I went shopping and left them at home and they ended up in the toilet. Like, no, No. I was in the next room. Yes. It's so funny, isn't it? Like, living the dream is really embracing your life for what it is, not what you thought it would be, not what you, the ideal in your head was. It's, it's really funny. I said that from the stage, anyone else there living the dream and like two people put their hand up <laughs> and I was like, okay, wow, I got to clarify what I mean when I say that, you know, and, and living the dream is something we're living into <laughs> because I, I believe that for the longest time, the picture, like you said, that had been painted for me was that you grow up and you settle down. And we've, mm. we've really done the opposite and there was no map or uh, example to show us how to do it. So for the longest time, I think we thought we were doing maybe something wrong or we, we never felt like we fit in. And really that's the point. Um, maybe it's just a season, but maybe it's forever. I don't really know, you know, what the Lord has, but letting go of those ideals just back to that and going, man, I have a two and a half year old and a one year old life looks like this right now. And it is the dream if I choose to be present to it and enjoy it and learn through it, you know, but it's definitely different than what Chris and I pictured when we got married, where we would be at this stage of married life. And in terms of achievements and the house with the two car garage and all that, I mean, we bought our first house when we moved to Nashville and it, it's tiny and it feels like a mansion because it's not our Jetta. Like it's just, (laughs) you know, it's, it's letting go in some ways of your dream and embracing his dream and, and the picture that you've created with him, you know, he opens a door, you choose to walk through it or not. Um, but I really do feel like we're learning to live the dream in the stage that we're in. Well, I feel like your whole story is like you said, intentional surrender and trusting his plans over yours and letting go of that expectation to embrace the beautiful things he has, even if they don't look like what we thought they would. So I really appreciate you coming on the show today. I know it's been an encouragement to all that are listening. And so let people know where they can find you. I will put the show link, the links in the show notes, but yeah, just let them know real quick. Yeah, sure. Um, I used to hate social media because um, I think I felt like I wasn't good enough. And it was another oh, way that yes. I felt yes. shamed until I talked to Holy Spirit about it. And he was like, well, how about you let your mess be your message and you just let people into it. You post with no makeup on, you just, you do your thing and turn the camera on yourself and just be you and love your fans through it and let them love you. Like let it be a conversation. And so all that to say, uh, we run our socials ourselves. <laughs> and so just know that if you reach out to us, you're actually getting us. And it might take us a minute to get back to you, but it really is us. So on Instagram, it's just love in the outcome, one word. Uh, Facebook is the same. And the website is loveintheoutcome.com. So great. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Jody, so much for coming on. Thanks, Thanks Heather. Heather. All right. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. I hope you felt a little bit of camaraderie there. And if you're an older mom, maybe realizing, wow, you know, I have grown a lot in this parenting thing. And what used to be harder for me isn't. And, you know, some things are still hard. You're comparing colleges and you're comparing jobs your kids get and struggles your kids have. So uh, we all need these reminders to lean on the Holy Spirit and look to God for where our confidence comes from and not looking around. 
I wanted to remind you one last time. Well, maybe not last time, but I'm kind of confident that we might sell out this week. So if you really wanted to come to the Don't Mom Alone live event, the Saturday afternoon tickets, there really truly are just a couple, a couple left. So I want you to be there if you want to. Go to godcentermom.com forward slash live to get the link there. And we're going to be announcing and showing everyone the new brand at that event. So it's going to be kind of a big weekend for me. Uh, A live event and new website, new brand. So excited for all of that. Hope you can be there. And I'm just really praying that you have a wonderful week. I know getting into the school year, maybe some of you are starting Mother's Day out this week. And I pray that it's life-giving to you to have just a little bit of time away from babies to get some breathing room and do something for yourself and um, remember who God says you are. So, and then just love those kiddos when they come home. All right. Y'all have a great, great week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.